Next on Abounding Grace, good news for those who have failed. One of the lessons I learned with David in chapter 21 is God is not finished. God is not finished. And the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Or in the old King James, it says, whosoever. And friend, you are a whosoever. And if you embrace the love of God today and you turn away from your sinful past and you dedicate your life, you set your, the course of your life from this day forward to follow and obey God, the Bible says that you will be born again and God will come and live within you and he'll change you from the inside out. This is amazing grace. The only man who never makes mistakes is the man who never does anything. Theodore Roosevelt said that, and how true it is. Since we all fail from time to time, it becomes necessary for us to learn from them and respond appropriately when it happens. As we continue our study of 1 Samuel today on Abounding Grace, we find David in an embarrassing situation. Though he fails miserably, he learned from it, and God granted him well over 40 years of ministry after the incident. There's some valuable lessons in all of this for us, so let's join Pastor Ed Taylor and discover there is hope after personal failure. We'll start off in Psalm 56. The subtitle under my, in my Bible here is The Fears in the Midst of Trials. And then the little title there, it says, To the chief musician set to the silent dove in the distant lands, a mictum of David when the Philistines captured him in Gath. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. Whenever I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. All day they twist my words and their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together, they hide, they mark my steps, and when they lie in wait for my life, shall they escape by iniquity? In anger, cast down the peoples, O God. Verse 8, you number my wanderings, you put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book when I cry out to you? Then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. In God I will praise his word. In the Lord I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God, and I render my praises to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. You have not delivered my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. There's a battle going on in his life a wrestling, a struggling. It's clear that David's frightened in Gath. It's very clear that he's going back and forth from the fear of God to the fear of man, the fear of God to the fear of man, and he's sustained in the midst. Everything's not so cut and dry, is it, in your walk with the Lord? Everything's not so black and white. David is living out a real, and I'm so grateful that he wrote, that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the Psalms, we often refer to the Psalms as the songbook, but it's also the diary of David. 
I mean, how would you like it if your diary was printed in the Bible for everybody to read for thousands of years? What you were feeling on your worst day or what you felt like after victory and then somebody that was in your life at the time going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's not how I remember it. That's because you were carrying stuff in your heart. You were wrestling in prayer. You were desperate for the presence of God and you were trying to, to, to do what you need. You were going back and forth just so quick. I'm trusting the Lord. I trust in Oh, I don't know what's going to end. But you, can you imagine writing that down and having it published? I mean, David's a real man and he's dealing with the fear of man. It's a trap. We, we find that he succumbed in that. That's what led him to feigning like a madman. He succumbed to the fear of man. And somewhere along the way, he's like, oh, man, Lord, you're so good. You're so good. Even though I blew it, you're so good. You know, at the end of chapter 21, I think if this was the way David's life ended, like if this was the chapter, it would be very easy to just write David off. Just say, ah, oh, made a mistake with Saul. Let's not make the same mistake with David but we would have been wrong. There was a lot going on behind the scenes, the psalmist says. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. The psalmist shows us that, man, you read one thing and then you find out what's going on in a man. I wonder, you know, I, I wrote it down in my notes. I just jotted it down for me and for you. Most, mostly for me, but a lot for you as well. I wonder how many people we've written off because they're in Gath right now gnawing on the gates and slobbering over their beards and taking things into their own hands on the run. You know, they've got, they've got fear in one hand and a sword in the other. And they're in Gath, you know, withdrawn from fellowship. They're just in a season of, season of acting crazy. I believe there's a lot going on behind the scenes. David here reminds me not to give up on anyone, committing them to God who is faithful. And Lord, help us to trust you even when we see what we see. We're reminded to learn from David's mistakes as well in our own personal life. Here he is, as we so often are, resorting to the flesh and yet calling upon the Lord, seeking the Lord, then resorting to the flesh. Such a battle, as Paul would declare it in Galatians, that what? The spirit lusts against the flesh and the flesh lust against the spirit. The two, it says, are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. We see it lived out in the life of David right here. And oh, that we would just come back to a simple faith, trusting in the Lord at all times. I thought of it when my kids were little. You know, we went through a lot of things when my kids were little. Marie and I did. We went through a lot of financial things. We went through a lot of personal things when Eddie was little and Josh and Caitlin and probably Eddie more than anything. But you know, Eddie didn't stress out about it. He just trusted us. He probably tripped out on us. You know, tripped out on it. If this is what, I don't know what life is. This is my first experience in family and I'm, it's kind of crazy, but he didn't, he wasn't overclawing on the walls and, you know, saliva on his beard. He didn't have a beard at four years old, but saliva on his beard, you know, or, you know, my, my, my kids, as, as I've seen them grow up, you know, as they get older and they start to carry the burdens of life, I've seen them change over time like you and I have. But when we were kids, we just trusted like this. We just, we'll get through it. Yeah, but you don't understand. <laughs> That's probably good, mom. I don't understand. We'll get through it. You know, we'll, we'll make it through. And, and, and doesn't the Bible remind us to have the faith of a child? To just trust, you know, God, you're going to take care of it. It's in your hands. I praise you in the good times. I'm going to praise you in the bad times. God, give me the strength because I have the chance right now to take things into my own hands 
and I just know that the result will be bad, but it'll be, feel really good if I take things into my own hands. It'll feel really good. I'll have more confidence than I've ever had. And you know, whatever happens down there, I'll deal with it when we get there. No, 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 no. How careful we need to be just to commit our ways completely unto the Lord. Just knowing that God will work things out for his glory. Turn over with me to Proverbs chapter 3, would you? Proverbs chapter 3. It's one of the first scriptures I've ever memorized. That in Galatians chapter 2.20. Those were the two verses, two sections of scripture that I memorized as a new believer. And Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6 is something I'll write when I sign a card and, and I'll write when I'm writing a letter. I just, I, I love this verse where it says in verse 5, Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now, number one, it's a great verse to memorize. And number two, it's a great verse to obey. But I'll tell you what, it's a very hard verse to follow through when you're tested. It's a great memory verse. Looks good up on the refrigerator. It's great to quote. It's good to write on a card. I believe it and I love it. But it's very hard to live when you're tested. The temptation to take things into your own hands is very, very strong. I don't know how strong you felt it. But as strong as you felt it, it gets stronger. It gets stronger to trust in the Lord with some of our hearts. It gets stronger to lean a little bit on our own understanding. And I say this especially to those of you that are not babies in Christ. You're not new believers. I find that within the body of Christ, the same thing happens as with kids. Kids want to grow up very, very fast. They just want to be, they want to grow up. You ask a kid, any of you brought your kids, anyone under, I don't know, let's just say, 18, maybe even more. Any you bring, you have your kids, anyone under 18, come in and I ask them their age. You know what they're going to say? If they're on the other side or even close to six months, they're going to say, I'm 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Wait, 12 and a half. Yeah, I was, yesterday was my birthday. So you're already halfway to 13. Yep, I'm 12 and a half. And parents sometimes will even describe, you know, that, that's, my, that's my son. He's nine going on 15. And that's because he exhibits this desire. I want to be a grown-up. I want more responsibility. And, and I, I want more. I want, and I find it in the, in the body of Christ as well, as if, as if the, the leap from new, like as if it's a bad thing to be a babe in Christ. It's not a bad thing to be a babe in Christ. Learn everything you can as a new believer because you're going to need it the older you get. Because here's the thing. If you bring anyone in that's, I don't know, over 30, how old are you? You're going to go backwards on your number. Uh, I'm 30 twice. What does that mean? 30 twice? Or, you know, you, I don't, I, nobody's ever come. How old are you? I'm 67 and a half. I'm 67 and a half. It doesn't work that way. And the reason being is, the reason being is, is the older you get, the more you value the, the process and the journey. The more you value the growth that comes and the lessons that you learn. And let me just warn you, the older you are in Christ, the more you think you know And the more you think you know, whether that's Bible study, whether that's scripture, whether that's the big narrative of the Bible, um, whether you can come today and say, well, I've read the Bible through 55 times. I mean, to me, that's fantastic. I hope you read another 55 times. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you begin to think, well, I've read it 55 times, and so I'm, I'm a lot more wiser than the guy that's read it once, you be careful because the more knowledge you have, the more you will tend to lean on your own understanding. 
and you won't pray anymore. And as a new believer, you're just like, I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? And so you'll ask somebody, what am I supposed to do? And what do they do? They'll open up the Bible to you and go, well, that's, that's normal. That's normal. So here, look, it happened right here. It's normal. This is what you just wait and pray. What? Just wait and yeah, just Okay, wait and pray. All right. And then you, you know, somebody's been walking with the Lord for 20 years. Oh, we don't wait anymore. We don't wait. We'll just take care of it. So be very careful to trust in the Lord because the temptation is to trust with a little bit of your heart. The temptation is to lean a little bit on your own understanding. The temptation in verse 6 is to acknowledge him in some of your ways. The temptation is to, do that, that, to take your own understanding and, make it, you, and, and fit it into what you want so that the end will justify the means in your life. And Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, they stand the test of time. And God is ready to direct your paths. He's ready to help you in your faith in him. He's ready. The Bible says in verse 7, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It's just so much better, guys, to commit our ways to the Lord, knowing that God will work things out for his glory. Just committing our ways to the Lord. I just pray the Lord blesses you this week and encourages you that you will stand strong in his love. That you and your life might be right now between 1 Samuel 21 on one side and Psalm 34 and Psalm 56 on the other side. You're just like David. You're just in that same place. How long has it been since you've come back and just acknowledged that you need to trust in the Lord? How long has it been since you've acknowledged that you love the Lord and that you receive his love? And because you love him and because he loves you, you just want to commit your life to him. You just want to live for him. You want to do things his way. You know, in deep love relationships, love wants a commitment. Love is often expressed through commitment. Love has a desire to make a covenant, to make an agreement. It desires the reciprocation of that covenant. It makes the bond of love even stronger. When's the last time you had that with the Lord? Just you and the Lord. Oh, I know you're in Bible study, and that's great. And I know you have a desire to seek him, great. But when's the last time you just verbalized your love for him? Verbalize and re-verbalize that covenant that you made with him when you surrendered your life to him. You were born again. You know, maybe some things have happened over the years. Maybe there's been a distance. Maybe there's a time where you've been leaning on your own knowledge and you know, you've got, things in your, you've got things all together. I mean, at least what it looks like on the outside, but on the inside, there's so much more going on. I believe the Lord would have us just to renew our love covenant with him, just to express that to him. Just to, to be reminded that you're not involved in some religious experience. You know how sometimes you get into those discussions at work and you just feel like you have to prove every. You don't have to prove anything. Just love. Just enjoy the Lord. Just let, you, let your life be a shining example of the goodness of God. You know, you get in those places where you feel like you're backed into a corner. You know, the devil like a roaring lion's going about seeking whom he might devour. How do you get out of that corner? You just, just move forward in the love of God. And to accept his greatness. You know, just, man, Lord, you're so good to me. I do want to commit myself to you. I do want to surrender my life to you. I do want to give more of myself to you. I am holding back on you. 
I have been taking things into my own hands, Lord. And, and you know, when you saved me, I admitted I needed you more than anything. When, when I submitted my life to you, when my parents, when, when I, my parents read the Bible to me at night and, and I finally made that decision myself, man, I was so excited to worship the God of my parents. When, when I walked into that church just thinking, what am I doing in church? Why am I here? And the, your love, God, was displayed to me. And I understood it. And you opened my eyes. And I realized that I didn't need to follow you religiously. That it wasn't about some religious activity. It was just your, it's just the love of God. I commend you today to the love of God. It'll get you out of a lot of jams. It'll give you direction. It'll give you clarity. It'll give you insight. It'll draw out. You know, the Bible says that God draws us to himself with what? Cords of love. And you might be frustrated today. And you might be really just upset with the condition of your life. And it could be that, man, your decisions have led you down a very frustrating path. The Bible says that the wages of sin is always death. It doesn't lead to life. It doesn't lead to lifeless existence it leads to lifelessness and you're really mad and you're really frustrated today the answer is to come back to that love relationship do you know the bible actually tells us john does he says keep yourselves in the love of god you remember the church in ephesus what their biggest mistake was they had left their first love and i believe today like the council to the church in ephesus if you will remember from where you have fallen and you will repent, it's often the step that's missed. Like you just recognize my personal condition, uh, where I'm at now, the distance from God, while God will receive me back, I've, I've broken the heart of God. I, I've brought him, I brought the name of Christ into some dis, you know, just some blasphemy. I've given people a chance to blaspheme. I, I have brought a bad witness of, of the name of Jesus in my life just to the people that are close to me. I've defiled people. You know, there needs to be repentance. There needs to be a sense of, man, God, I, I, I am frustrated, but I, I need to be brokenhearted over my sin. After David leaves in Psalm 34, what does he say? Hey, man, brokenness and a contrite spirit, God will not resist. And in that repentance, it's just going to draw your heart back to the Father. To the very Father heart, Father love, you know, the, the very Father love of God. His heart toward you and me. Remember from where you have fallen, repent, and then go back. Repeat. Go back and repeat the first works. I know some of you have been walking with the Lord for many years. And to go back and repeat the first works almost feels like you're going back to kindergarten. It feels offensive. It feels as if you should be farther along than you are. That's just a manifestation of pride. It's just a prideful attitude. You go back and be a kindergartner again. You go back and learn the basic lessons of love. You, you'll, you'll be blessed because you did. Or you just start reading the Bible, maybe in your devotional life. It's, what are we in? April now. So, you know, you've been reading and just been standing along, but it's kind of become a drudgery. It's been three months. You missed a couple days. You caught up a couple days. And some of you, your devotional life is just to get through it. 
Let me suggest that a part of remembering, repenting, and repeating is just in your Devo life beginning tomorrow or tonight, if you're going to do it tonight, is, is go through your Devos and just ask the Lord to reveal his love for you through whatever you're reading. I'm in Joshua right now, and I just see how God is protecting Joshua, comforting. Joshua took, he had a big responsibility taking over for Moses. Like, it was huge. It was more than he could ever imagine doing in the whole, whole entire life. And so over and over again, you know what? There's a lot of battles in Joshua, a lot of land allotted, but there's a lot of God saying, Joshua, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. I'm with you. And there's a lot of, I establish you. I'm with you. You're here because I called you. You're here because this, I mean, you read the Bible with a love, with the love language of God. It's going to blow your mind of how much God loves his people. And as you see God loving his people, you're going to see God loving you in your own personal life. And I believe if you ask for that, so Lord, just show me your love in this section. But Ed, I'm in Leviticus, man. Where's the love in Leviticus? There's a lot of love in Leviticus, you know, because, because God's saying, I love you guys so much, I'm going to show you how to live a life that's going to protect you. I'm going to show you what it's going to be like. You live this life, you'll be very safe and protected. That's Leviticus. You want to worship me? I'll tell you how to worship me. I'm not going to hide anything from you. God does it. Well, you want to worship me? Well, you figure it out. And maybe you'll make it. A lot of religions are like that today. But not the love of God. God says, you want to worship me? You want to seek me? You'll find me, saith the Lord. That's love. It's not, you want to seek me? Well, you know what? Keep looking. Well, how will I know if I found you, God? Just keep looking. <laughs> keep looking all your whole life. This long quest. No, God says, you seek today, right now. Those of you listening in, if you truly are a seeker, you're truly seeking God. God says to you today, he's found. That if you will embrace the love of God in your life, truly embrace. As if I was giving you a gift. I've given you a box and you would take this gift. If you will take that from God, the Bible says that you'll be saved. That no matter where your life is and no matter what you've done and no matter what you've been into, Jesus Christ came and died for your sins. He died for your sins. And change in your family and change in your neighborhood begins with you because you have an ear. You're listening right now. And the Bible says that if you will believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, confess with you. If you will believe, here's what the Bible says. I'm going to read it to you. I should really memorize this. Um, but stick with me, because God even uses imperfect people like me. So if you're all messed up, God will use you too. You ready? It says, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now check this out, because you may even write yourself off, because one of the lessons I learned with David in chapter 21 is God is not finished. God is not finished. And the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Or in the old King James, it says, whosoever. And friend, you are a whosoever. And if you embrace the love of God today and you turn away from your sinful past and you dedicate your life, you set your, the course of your life from this day forward to follow and obey God, the Bible says that you will be born again and God will come and live within you and he'll change you from the inside out. You've tried to change everything from the outside in and where has it gotten you? Well, you probably made a little bit of improvement, 
There's probably been a few things that you've done really well. It's probably been a great path, but it hasn't given satisfaction, hasn't it? It hasn't given you the sense of comfort and confidence because that only comes through a relationship with God. He needs to make you alive and he offers that to you today. So I commend you to the love of God today. I know that that's a safe place. You're listening to Abounding Grace and a study in 1 Samuel from Pastor Ed Taylor. You can go online to hear today's message again, and we're at calvaryaurora.org, or purchase a CD copy for just $2 by calling 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. We have a couple of apps that can serve to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus. Look for Calvary Aurora and the Grace FM Colorado apps. They're available on all platforms. Here in the month of April, we picked out a helpful book called Out of a Far Country, written by Christopher and Angela Yuan. It describes a gay son journey to God and a broken mother's search for hope. Out of a Far Country speaks volumes to prodigals, parents of prodigals, and those wanting to minister to the homosexual community. We'll send this to you with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to share the word all over the country, but we can't do it alone. If you'd like to stand with us, please call toll-free 877-30-GRACE or turn to calvaryaurora.org. Pastor Ed Taylor picks up where he left off in our study of 1 Samuel next time on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor is presented by Calvary Chapel, Aurora.